0: Grace be unto you in peace, peace from God our Father and from our our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ, Amen. The Word of God assigned for this, our third midweek Lenten service, is taken from the Gospel of John, the 18th chapter. The verses are printed for you on page 7 in the service folder. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked them, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. And Judas, the traitor, was standing there with him. When Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they said. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. If you are looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. Then Simon Peter, who had a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. Jesus commanded Peter, Put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? That is God's Word. Dear friends, did the hymn writer get it wrong? You might ask, what hymn? And what are you talking about? The hymn that we just sang, did you catch that line? It said that many hands were raised to wound him none would intervene to save. That isn't correct, is it? Because we just heard in the gospel lesson I just read for you, someone did raise his hand to try and intervene. It was Peter who drew his sword and tried to defend Jesus from the mob that was going to arrest him and do him harm. And taking that sword in hand, he tried to intervene, cutting off the ear of the servant of the high priest. Jesus replied to Peter with a chiding. Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? You see, Jesus had a job to do. He was going to go to the cross And he was going to die for the sins of the world by suffering the punishment of hell. That was the price of our redemption. And as he was praying to his Heavenly Father, he asked that somehow that cup be taken away. But it was obvious that it wasn't going to be taken away, that Jesus would have to suffer for the sins of the world. And so when the drama began with Jesus' arrest... Peter picked up that sword, and he tried to intervene. And what we're going to learn tonight as we take a look at this reading is that that Peter, though zealous for his Savior and his protection, was misguided in his actions. And we want to take a look at why why were were his actions misguided, and, and what can you and I learn about that? as we strive to be faithful followers of the Savior. Jesus had just finished praying in the garden. That's why we sang that opening hymn, Go to dark Gethsemane. He was weighed down with the burden of what he was about to suffer. He pleaded three times with this Heavenly Father, If there's any other way that we can win the salvation of the world, let's do that. Please take this cup of suffering from me. But Father, not my will, yours be done. And the answer was clear. Jesus was going to drink from that cup. And so that drama in the garden begins. Rather than hide in the shadows or run to the hills, Jesus stepped forward and he met that detachment of soldiers among whom stood his betrayer, Judas. And by what he said and what he did, he gave clear indication that he was the one who was in control every moment, not the ones who were about to take control of him. And it all started with that question. Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, they said, and Jesus said, I am he. And when he spoke those words, and I always remember this as a little boy, that detachment of soldiers simply fell back and fell down like a bunch of bowling pins. Simply by the power of His Word, Jesus knocked those soldiers off their feet, clearly showing them that they would have no control over Him unless He gave it. And then He said something else that made it very clear that He was in control of the situation. He said, if you're looking for me, then let these men, my disciples, let them go. And they did. Who ever heard of such a thing? The person who was being arrested by the authorities tells the arresting officers to let the other men go, and they obeyed his orders. Clearly Jesus was in control of the situation. It was all going to happen just as Jesus wanted it to happen, not the way they wanted it to happen. And then it happened. Peter drew his sword. When he saw those brutal men surround Jesus and take him into arrest, he drew his sword and he tried to intervene, and he swung that sword and he cut off a man's ear. And when we see those actions of Peter, we say, what was Peter thinking? Why would he do that? And we don't really know what Peter was thinking, but we can well imagine that since this was kind of a life and death situation, he wasn't thinking at all. It was impetuous Peter who often acted before he thought. And so when he saw his beloved Savior in danger, he drew his sword thinking that somehow, some way. He could defend him and protect him. It's kind of interesting. Could it be that Peter was still holding on to the misguided belief that somehow Jesus had come to establish an earthly kingdom, that he would sit on an earthly throne, so he was going to need some soldiers with swords to defend him? But Jesus hadn't come to establish an earthly kingdom. He would tell that to his false judges hours later. He had come to establish eternal life for sinners like Peter and sinners like us. But, but could Peter have been thinking of something else? Could it be that Peter took that sword in his hand to defend Jesus because he was trying to earn something back. You see, Jesus had come to win salvation all on his own. No one was going to stop him from what was uh, necessary to be done. But could it be that that Peter was trying to somehow help Jesus? Think of what had happened to Peter. In many ways, he lost faith. When you think about some of the things that happened earlier, earlier weeks ahead of time, and then earlier that night, Jesus told his disciples he was heading toward Jerusalem where he would suffer and die, and and Peter tried to stop it. No, Lord, you're not going to go there and suffer that. Far be it that that would happen to you. And Jesus had to call him out and even called him Satan because he was getting in the way of God's plan of salvation. And then earlier that night, when Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples, think of what happened there. When Jesus told his disciples that that night all of them were going to forsake him, Peter said, no way, Lord. Maybe everyone else is going to run away, but I'm not going to run away. In fact, Jesus, I'm going to be willing to die for you. And then Jesus called them out again. Peter, Peter, before the night ends, you're not only going to run, but you're going to deny me. Deny me three times. And then later on in the garden, when Jesus was wrestling in prayer, he asked his disciples, his inner circle of disciples, including Peter, stay here, stay away, keep watch, pray. And then when he came back three times... Peter, who was going to be so strong to defend Jesus, didn't even have enough strength to stay awake. He fell asleep. And Jesus called him out again. Peter, couldn't you watch with me one hour? So maybe, maybe what Peter was doing when he took uh, took that hand and cut off that servant's ear, maybe he was trying to gain and earn favor with Jesus. Maybe he was trying to prove once and for all that he was worthy of being not only a follower of Jesus, but also the leader of the disciples. Maybe somehow, some way, he thought by defending Jesus, he was going to make everything right that he had done wrong, and that somehow he was going to win favor with God again, even though <laughs> he had failed the Savior so often. But the fact of the matter is this that he was misguided in that zeal, if that's what he was thinking. You see, it's not what Peter could do with his hands that would make things right between him and God. It was not by the strength of his hands that somehow everything would be made right again, that he could earn forgiveness. It was only by what Jesus would do with his hands. And we know what Jesus did with his hands. He stretched them out on the cross to have them pierced to win forgiveness not only for Peter but also for sinners like us. That's why Jesus said, Peter, put away your sword. Don't try to stop what is happening. You can't earn your salvation. I'm going to earn it for you. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? So what are we to learn from Peter's misguided zeal? Well, first of all, I think we can learn some things about the hour of suffering. You see, when Jesus had to drink that cup of suffering, he was in complete control. And even though that cup was filled with suffering for the sins of all the world, Jesus was going to drink it all. But by drinking from that cup of suffering, Jesus was going to accomplish the most wonderful blessing for all of us, that through his suffering, you and I were going to be set free, that through his suffering, you and I would be washed clean of all of our sins. There may be times in life when God will allow a cup of suffering to come into our life, And I don't have to give you examples. You can just think of your own life and the many times that maybe you had to taste some bitterness in life. And when that cup of suffering comes, maybe we might become misguided in our zeal. Well, somehow by my own power or strength, i got to work this out and figure this out. Maybe by my own strength I can fix this thing. Or maybe we might grab our hands and in a fist of anger shake them at God and say, what are you doing, God? You're treating me like an enemy, not like your child. But dear friends, whenever the Lord in his infinite wisdom allows us to drink from the cup of suffering, it's not the time to shake your fist at God. That's the time to open your hands again and open the pages of Scripture and be reminded time and again of the promises that for whatever reason and in whatever way God allows a cup of suffering to come into our life, somehow in some way He will always make it serve our eternal good. That's what He accomplished through the cup of suffering that Jesus drank. And God will always bring blessing when he allows suffering to come in our life. Even if it's the blessing of heaven through the hour of death. But we can also learn from this account that Jesus didn't need anyone's help to win our salvation, including your help and mine. Again, I I think that Peter was trying to prove his worth, trying to show Jesus that he was worthy of being a follower of the Savior. But again... There's nothing that you and I can do to fix the things that we have broken. We cannot fix our broken relationship with God. No matter what we try to do, we can never offer to God with our hands a payment that would cover over our sins. The only things that you and I can earn from God really is his eternal condemnation because our hands are hands of sinners you see we don't need to try to earn god's favor first of all it's impossible but all sec- uh, secondly it's not necessary because in christ jesus and what he did as our substitute we already have god's favor jesus has won our salvation and that's good to know because sometimes when we fail God just like Peter sometimes we might fall to misguided actions in our understanding of the kingdom of God sometimes we fail in the promises that we make to Jesus didn't we all on our confirmation day say I would rather die than fall away from you Lord sometimes yes we might be guilty of being too weak to stay awake and watch and pray. And more times than you and I would like to admit, we too have denied Jesus by our actions, by our words. And when we see that many times we failed Jesus, what a relief it is to know that we don't have to try to help Jesus to save us. We don't, he doesn't need us to intervene. He already intervened for us. He took our place, suffered our punishment, and won our salvation. So then, after telling Peter to put away that sword, Jesus did something unbelievable. It was, it was the last miracle he would perform before, before he went to the cross. He reached out and he healed that man's ear. Here was an enemy that had come to arrest him. Here was an enemy that wanted him dead. And yet, at that very moment, Jesus showed him mercy and compassion. And rather than striking him down, Jesus, Jesus reached out and healed him. Why, why would Jesus do that to an enemy? Because that's who Jesus is. Because that's what Jesus does. He came to seek and to save the lost. He has a burning love to save all. And after reaching out and healing that man's ears, he would reach out his hand one more time on Good Friday. And you know why he stretched out his hands on the cross? So that he could heal you and me, for all eternity. Amen. Please stand. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep our hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. At this time again, the encouragement is that as we